part twenty five of benjamin britten source stories of twelve operas by various part twenty five the turn of the screw by henry james chapters nineteen and twenty we went straight to the lake as it was called at bligh and i dare say rightly called though i reflect that it may in fact have been a sheet of water less remarkable than it appeared to my untravelled eyes my acquaintance with sheets of water was small and the pool of bligh at all events on the few occasions of my consenting under the protection of my pupils to affront its surface in the old flat-bottomed boat moored there for our use had impressed me both with its extent and its agitation the usual place of embarkation was half a mile from the house but i had an intimate conviction that wherever flora might be she was not near home she had not given me the slip for any small adventure and since the day of the very great one that i had shared with her by the pond i had been aware in our walks of the quarter to which she most inclined this was why i had now given to mrs gross's steps so marked a direction a direction that made her when she perceived it oppose a resistance that showed me she was freshly mystified you're going to the water miss you think she's in she may be though the depth is i believe nowhere very great but what i judge most likely is that she's on the spot from which the other day we saw together what i told you when she pretended not to see with that astounding self-possession i've always been sure she wanted to go back alone and now her brother has managed it for her mrs gross still stood where she had stopped you suppose they really talk of them i could meet this with a confidence they say things that if we heard them would simply appall us and if she is there yes then miss jessel is beyond a doubt you shall see oh thank you my friend cried planted so firmly that taking it in i went straight on without her by the time i reached the pool however she was close behind me and i knew that whatever to her apprehension might befall me the exposure of my society struck her as her least danger she exhaled a moan of relief as we at last came in sight of the greater part of the water without a sight of the child there was no trace of flora on that nearer side of the bank where my observation of her had been most startling and none on the opposite edge where save for a margin of some twenty yards a thick copse came down to the water the pond oblong in shape had a width so scant compared to its length that with its ends out of view it might have been taken for a scant river we looked at the empty expanse and then i felt the suggestion of my friend's eyes i knew what she meant and i replied with a negative headshake no no wait she has taken the boat my companion stared at the vacant mooring place and then again across the lake then where is it our not seeing it is the strongest of proofs she has used it to go over and then has managed to hide it all alone that child she's not alone and at such times she's not a child she's an old old woman i scanned all the visible shore while mrs gross took again into the queer element i offered her one of her plunges of submission 
then i pointed out that the boat might perfectly be in a small refuge formed by one of the recesses of the pool an indentation masked for the hither side by a projection of the bank and by a clump of trees growing close to the water but if the boat's there where on earth is she my colleague anxiously asked that's exactly what we must learn and i started to walk further by going all the way round certainly far as it is it will take us but ten minutes but is far enough to have made the child prefer not to walk she went straight over laws cried my friend again the chain of my logic was ever too much for her it dragged her at my heels even now and when we had got half-way round a devious tiresome process on ground much broken and by a path choked with undergrowth i paused to give her breath i sustained her with a grateful arm assuring her that she might hugely help me and this started us afresh so that in the course of but few minutes more we reached a point from which we found the boat to be where i had supposed it it had been intentionally left as much as possible out of sight and was tied to one of the stakes of a fence that came just there down to the brink and that had been an assistance to disembarking i recognized as i looked at the pair of short thick oars quite safely drawn up the prodigious character of the feat for a little girl but i had lived by this time too long among wonders and had panted to too many livelier measures there was a gate in the fence through which we passed and that brought us after a trifling interval more into the open then there she is we both exclaimed at once flora a short way off stood before us on the grass and smiled as if her performance was now complete the next thing she did however was to stoop straight down and pluck quite as if it were all she was there for a big ugly spray of withered fern i instantly became sure she had just come out of the copse she waited for us not herself taking a step and i was conscious of the rare solemnity with which we presently approached her she smiled and smiled and we met but it was all done in a silence by this time flagrantly ominous mrs gross was the first to break the spell she threw herself on her knees and drawing the child to her breast clasped in a long embrace this little tender yielding body while this dumb convulsion lasted i could only watch it which i did the more intently when i saw flora's face peep at me over our companion's shoulder it was serious now the flicker had left it but it strengthened the pang with which i at that moment envied mrs gross the simplicity of her relation still all this while nothing more passed between us save that flora had let her foolish fern again drop to the ground what she and i had virtually said to each other was that pretexts were useless now when mrs gross finally got up she kept the child's hand so that the two were still before me and the singular reticence of our communion was even more marked in the frank look she launched me i'll be hanged it said if i'll speak it was flora who gazing all over me in candid wonder was the first she was struck with our bareheaded aspect why where are your things where yours are my dear i promptly returned 
she had already got back her gaiety and appeared to take this as an answer quite sufficient and where's miles she went on there was something in the small valour of it that quite finished me these three words from her were in a flash like the glitter of a drawn blade the jostle of the cup that my hand for weeks and weeks had held high and full to the brim that now even before speaking i felt overflow in a deluge i'll tell you if you'll tell me i heard myself say then heard the tremor in which it broke well what mrs gross's suspense blazed at me but it was too late now and i brought the thing out handsomely where my pet is miss jessel chapter twenty just as in the churchyard with miles the whole thing was upon us much as i had made of the fact that this name had never once between us been sounded the quick smitten glare with which the child's face now received it fairly likened my breach of the silence to the smash of a pane of glass it added to the interposing cry as if to stay the blow that mrs gross at the same instant uttered over my violence the shriek of a creature scared or rather wounded which in turn within a few seconds was completed by a gasp of my own i seized my colleague's arm she's there she's there miss jessel stood before us on the opposite bank exactly as she had stood the other time and i remember strangely as the first feeling now produced in me my thrill of joy at having brought on a proof she was there and i was justified she was there and i was neither cruel nor mad she was there for poor scared mrs gross but she was there most for flora and no moment of my monstrous time was perhaps so extraordinary as that in which i consciously threw out to her with the sense that pale and ravenous demon as she was she would catch and understand it an inarticulate message of gratitude she rose erect on the spot my friend and i had lately quitted and there was not in all the long reach of her desire an inch of her evil that fell short this first vividness of vision and emotion were things of a few seconds during which mrs gross's dazed blink across to where i pointed struck me as a sovereign sign that she too at last saw just as it carried my own eyes precipitately to the child the revelation then of the manner in which flora was affected startled me in truth far more than it would have done to find her also merely agitated for direct dismay was of course not what i had expected prepared and on her guard as our pursuit had actually made her she would repress every betrayal and i was therefore shaken on the spot by my first glimpse of the particular one for which i had not allowed to see her without a convulsion of her small pink face not even feign to glance in the direction of the prodigy i announced but only instead of that turned to me an expression of hard still gravity an expression absolutely new and unprecedented and that appeared to read and accuse and judge me this was a stroke that somehow converted the little girl herself into the very presence that could make me quail i quailed even though my certitude that she thoroughly saw was never greater than at that instant and in the immediate need to defend myself i called it passionately to witness 
she's there you little unhappy thing there 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 and you see her as well as you see me i had said shortly before to mrs gross that she was not at these times a child but an old old woman and that description of her could not have been more strikingly confirmed than in the way in which for all answer to this she simply showed me without a concession an admission of her eyes a countenance of deeper and deeper of indeed suddenly quite fixed reprobation i was by this time if i can put the whole thing at all together more appalled at what i may properly call her manner than at anything else though it was simultaneously with this that i became aware of having mrs gross also and very formidably to reckon with my elder companion the next moment at any rate blotted out everything but her own flushed face and her loud shocked protest a burst of high approval what a dreadful turn to be sure miss where on earth do you see anything i could only grasp her more quickly yet for even while she spoke the hideous plain presence stood undimmed and undaunted it had already lasted a minute and it lasted while i continued seizing my colleague quite thrusting her at it and presenting her to it to insist with my pointing hand you don't see her exactly as we see you mean to say you don't now now she's as big as a blazing fire only look dearest woman look she looked even as i did and gave me with her deep groan of negation repulsion compassion the mixture with her pity of her relief at her exemption a sense touching to me even then that she would have backed me up if she could i might well have needed that for with this hard blow of the proof that her eyes were hopelessly sealed i felt my own situation horribly crumble i felt i saw my livid predecessor press from her position on my defeat and i was conscious more than all of what i should have from this instant to deal with in the astounding little attitude of flora into this attitude mrs gross immediately and violently entered breaking even while there pierced through my sense of ruin a prodigious private triumph into breathless reassurance she isn't there little lady and nobody's there and you never see nothing my sweet how can poor miss jessel when poor miss jessel's dead and buried we know don't we love and she appealed blundering in to the child it's all a mere mistake and a worry and a joke and we'll go home as fast as we can our companion on this had responded with a strange quick primness of propriety and they were again with mrs gross at her feet united as it were in pained opposition to me flora continued to fix me with her small mask of reprobation and even at that minute i prayed god to forgive me for seeming to see that as she stood there holding tight to our friend's dress her incomparable childish beauty had suddenly failed had quite vanished i've said it already she was literally she was hideously hard she had turned common and almost ugly i don't know what you mean i see nobody i see nothing i never have i think you're cruel i don't like you 
then after this deliverance which might have been that of a vulgarly pert little girl in the street she hugged mrs gross more closely and buried in her skirts the dreadful little face in this position she produced an almost furious wail take me away take me away oh take me away from her from me i panted from you from you she cried even mrs gross looked across at me dismayed while i had nothing to do but communicate again with the figure that on the opposite bank without a movement as rigidly still as if catching beyond the interval our voices was as vividly there for my disaster as it was not there for my service the wretched child had spoken exactly as if she had got from some outside source each of her stabbing little words and i could therefore in the full despair of all i had to accept but sadly shake my head at her if i had ever doubted all my doubt would at present have gone i've been living with the miserable truth and now it has only too much closed round me of course i've lost you i've interfered and you've seen under her dictation with which i faced over the pool again our infernal witness the easy and perfect way to meet it i've done my best but i've lost you good-bye for mrs gross i had an imperative an almost frantic go go before which in infinite distress but mutely possessed of the little girl and clearly convinced in spite of her blindness that something awful had occurred and some collapse engulfed us she retreated by the way we had come as fast as she could move of what first happened when i was left alone i had no subsequent memory i only knew that at the end of i suppose a quarter of an hour an odorous dampness and roughness chilling and piercing my trouble had made me understand that i must have thrown myself on my face on the ground and given way to a wildness of grief i must have lain there long and cried and sobbed for when i raised my head the day was almost gone i got up and looked a moment through the twilight at the grey pool and its blank haunted edge and then i took back to the house my dreary and difficult course when i reached the gate in the fence the boat to my surprise was gone so that i had a fresh reflection to make on flora's extraordinary command of the situation she passed that night by the most tacit and i should add were not the words so grotesque a false note the happiest of arrangements with mrs gross i saw neither of them on my return but on the other hand as by an ambiguous compensation i saw a great deal of miles i saw i can use no other phrase so much of him that it was as if it were more than it had ever been no evening i had passed at bligh had the portentous quality of this one in spite of which and in spite also of the deeper depth of consternation that had opened beneath my feet there was literally in the ebbing actual an extraordinary sweet sadness on reaching the house i had never so much as looked for the boy i had simply gone straight to my room to change what i was wearing and to take in at a glance much material testimony to flora's rupture her little belongings had all been removed 
when later by the schoolroom fire i was served with tea by the usual maid i indulged on the article of my other pupil in no inquiry whatever he had his freedom now he might have it to the end well he did have it and it consisted in part at least of his coming in at about eight o'clock and sitting down with me in silence on the removal of the tea-things i had blown out the candle and drawn my chair closer i was conscious of a mortal coldness and felt as if i should never again be warm so when he appeared i was sitting in the glow with my thoughts he paused a moment by the door as if to look at me and then as if to share them came to the other side of the hearth and sank into a chair we sat there in absolute stillness yet he wanted i felt to be with me end of part twenty five